call me blessed. And that's what we're here to do today, to call her blessed, to uh, honor her, to venerate her, to uh, ask her intercession. It's a very beautiful moment in the life of the church where we uh, honor and celebrate her falling asleep in her translation to heaven. It's the last great feast of the year, and the first great feast of the year that begins September 8th for us is her birth. So the feast, of the, the feast days of the year begin with her birth and end with her departing. So you see kind of she bookends uh, in a beautiful way um, our church year. Uh, she is, for us and for all of us, uh, the throne on which sits this, the King of Glory. She is paradise in which is planted the divine plan. So we understand her to be these great uh, things for us, a palace in which resides the king, um, the ladder that leads from earth to heaven. So we see all these beautiful images of her to us. Um, in this day, we celebrate her falling asleep. Uh, the church fathers say she was about 70 years old spent her time after the death of her son uh, visiting apostles, uh, visiting uh, the, whole, the sites of her son's uh, ministry, of her son's death, and of his resurrection. There is a story that she visited Mount Athos and blessed the mountain to become the mountain that was to become, uh, the holy mountain it was to become. So we see her kind of moving in, in and about uh, the lives of all the Christian people in those times. It wasn't like she just kind of sat and waited for a departure. She became very active, uh, became great counselors to the apostles. They would go to her to ask her questions, to be guided, to be strengthened, to be encouraged. This was her life. But her great um, anticipation was for her to be again with her son. So she would ask her son at times, take me, take me. And as the Metropolitan told me about my retirement, not yet, he said, not yet. You need to work out there. You need things to do. You have to talk to your apostles. You, there's people to visit. She visited Lazarus, who raised him four days. So she, he went, she went around and spent time with all the Christian people in that area, and people came to her for, for great counsel. So we see this beautiful, this beautiful uh, woman becoming the first Christian for us, becoming kind of the highlight of Christianity for us, becoming the great uh, encourager, great uh, uh, counselor uh, for us. So we honor her for, for many things and that, and that as well. Um, so she falls asleep, asks to, be, to ask the Lord to take her, and she... Uh, knows about three weeks ahead of time she's given the word from the Lord that she will pass. And she asks him, please, would you bring the apostles to see me? So she wanted to say her goodbyes to them. And miraculously, they were all translated in a cloud to her. So that one day she wakes up, and here they are, and she's giving them a blessing. All of them from all over the world, they come to her for a blessing. 
except one, Thomas. He's late again. <laughs> and so he comes three days later. They say she fell asleep on a Friday, and now this is a Sunday. He comes three days to honor her, lifts up the coffin, and she's gone. She's been translated from earth to heaven. I remember one time we were hearing a, 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 on this very subject a, a homily from Bishop Basil. And people wonder, well, you know, translated, what's that mean? And he said, uh, well, let me ask you this. If you're the Lord and that's your mother, would you let her lay in a tomb? No. It's obvious what he was going to do with her. Others have been translated. She was for sure going to be translated. So we see this, this beautiful moment for us, and we honor this time, uh, her translation into heaven. Uh, she sits at the right hand of uh, the Lord. On the right hand stood the queen, it says in the Psalms, dressed in garments of gold and a variety of colors. So she is the queen and sits now not below the angels, but now more honorable than the cherubim, more glorious beyond compare than the seraphim. So she sits not below the angels, but at the right hand of her son. So uh, very beautiful for us. So this is our celebration today, but there's things I think we should take away from this in terms of how this actually fits into our life. Uh, the first is that she uh, shows us that death is this passage to heaven. That we shouldn't fear death. That we should actually prepare ourselves for our death. Uh, and not in a morbid way, but kind of long for it. Long to be done. Long to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Not in a morbid way, but this is our, this is our uh, destiny. To be in heaven with the saints and all those that have gone before us. So are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready. Get ready. This is a, a, an encouragement to us today. Get ready. Be ready. It's important to have this in our minds. You know, it's very interesting that this whole remembrance of death is a very important spiritual exercise for us. We need to kind of get that and understand how important it is to kind of keep ourselves ready. We come into Matins and we do the six psalms in Matins. Those six psalms are the six psalms the angels are to be saying over you when you pass. You can prepare for that. When you listen to those psalms, those are the psalms of the angels for you. Let, and we say in, in the the Vespers prayers, Lord, let thy servant depart in peace. This is St. Simeon. And we have to understand how important that is for us too. So that's just not to leave this place in peace, but to leave this place in peace. To be ready for these things. So she kind of gives us this encouragement that this is passage. This is passage to the, to the, to the, to the, to the life to come. So we need to understand that. It's very important for us. And also, she will bring us strength in our prayers to her as she brought strength and courage to the apostles. Do you ever feel like you need the encouragement uh, of strength 
courage, long-suffering, you need these things, he will, he will pray for you for those things. He's been given grace to give those things to us. She's our mother. What do mothers do? They encourage, they strengthen, they help us along the way. That's who she is for us, our spiritual mother. So we have to take advantage of this. So when you need that strength and courage, ask her prayer. Turn to her. I'd really encourage you all to have that as a part of your rule every day. A prayer to the mother of God where you're, act, you're making uh, specific in, intercessions for asking your intercession for her. So that's really an important part of our life, that she becomes a part of our, our life, our prayer life. May she be our help and our strength. And then those beautiful words she says to the, to the archangel, be it done to me according to your word. She becomes too then for us as the example that we are to uh, make effort to understand what God wants us to do and beg God and through her prayers be given strength to do it. Are you all doing the will of God? Are you doing what you know God wants you to do? Are there things in your life that you know you should be doing that you're not doing? Are there things in your life that, you're, that, 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 that you need to correct? She'll help you. She's help, she'll help you. Oh, my God, help me. Be with me. Help me. Help me do what God wants me to do. She is that for us. That's how she lived her life, and that's for, she is that for us. We need to understand how important her intercession is for us. Um, so my encouragement to you today is that as we honor her, as we call her blessed, to allow her to become a significant piece of your life, someone that you count on, someone that you pray to, someone that you have a deep relationship with. Very, very important to us that she is that way. Um, I'll end with a, a very interesting story. I know many of you know Father Josiah Trinum. He lived here in, um, back in the early 90s, and he was a Reformed Episcopal pastor. And my spiritual father and the father's community, Father Richard, uh, knew he was there and was interested in orthodoxy. And so he uh, goes and meets Brad Trinum at the bank where, where Father Josiah was working. And he said to Father Josiah, let's go get a cup of coffee. And uh, as Father Richard would do, He's very bold in his conversation with Father Josiah, then Brad Trinum. He said to Father Josiah, you know, I understand you're a Calvinist. He says, do you know that predestination is a heresy? <laughs> That's the first thing he said to him. And then in the conversation, he says this. This is beautiful. He says, and by the way, I have a personal relationship with the mother of God. That's what I want you to do. I want you to have a personal relationship with her, that you know her, 
I will say this, she knows you. She knows you. You need to get to know her through your prayers. That's why I'm saying keep that in your prayer rule. Turn to her in times of trouble, in any kind of need, that, and turn to her. She is a significant helper for us, essential in many, many ways. So as we honor her today, thanks be to God we're doing this, but let, it, let her become be, you become more intimate with her because she is intimate with you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.